Hi, my name is Noah, and you are listening to the Eerie Podcast. Exorcisms have been around since the New Testament, and they're performed in various cultures in various different ways. The exorcism of Annalise Michelle was considered one of the most documented exorcisms, but also was considered one of the most controversial. Was Annalise Michelle possessed, or was it something that could be defined as a practical medical condition? Hey guys, hope everyone is doing well. This is Noah, and we are about to jump into an exorcism. But before we get started, make sure to hit that follow button on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. We are available on Audible, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts, and a bunch of others too. So pretty much anywhere you want to listen, you can listen. But make sure to follow. If you have a second and you've listened to our episodes before, please just leave a review or if you're on Spotify, leave five stars. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps me out so much so I can see how I'm doing. So today we're talking about something a little more on the darker side and I am going to have real audio. So I do want to throw out there that this will be a little bit disturbing and the audio is very chilling and a little scary, but we are talking about the exorcism of Annalise Michel. This one is considered really controversial, but also really terrifying because there's a lot of like evidence. There's photo evidence, there's audio evidence, and there's true accounts or seemingly true accounts of creepy things that happened during the exorcisms that were performed. And it's super dark. So I am going to throw that out there. If you are against listening to this one, that's okay. You guys can skip and go to the next episode. We will have another episode out the following Sunday. So anyway, I'm doing well, guys. I've been working out again. My body's a little sore. (laughs) So I'm kind of leaned over the microphone today. (laughs) Yeah, me and the dogs are doing good. We are living our best life. But yeah, I've been having fun doing this. I am excited to see where this goes. The last episode received a lot of listens already. I was a little thrown aback, I guess. I did want to say that we have been having a little bit of a, the system I'm using to edit the audio, it has a, like a filter that goes through to make it just pop a little bit more. And for some reason, the last episode, it had a little bit of like it like removed words. So I apologize for that. I'm going to go back and fix it, but I just want to let everyone know that it was not intentional. It was just some weird stuff going on. On another note, it is legitimately spooky season. It's not pre-spooky season anymore. It's spooky season. October 1st is today. I'm recording this Saturday. You guys will be listening on Sunday, but this is freaking awesome. It's time to get our spooky hats on and go out and do some spooky stuff. All right, so I will give one final warning before I do play the audio from this exorcism. I just want to make sure that if someone does want to listen to parts of this, but not the exorcism audio itself, I'm not going to play all of it. It's just going to be a few small clips, but I will give another, you know, warning ahead of time. 
So, without further ado, let's jump in. Alright, Eerie fam, Eerie crew. This exorcism actually led to a couple of movies being made, and some of you may have seen it. There's a movie called The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which isn't the same name, but it was loosely based on this exorcism. So, in that movie, a girl who's very religious goes off to college, and she's seemingly possessed, and you see a lot of... It's a horror movie, so you see a lot of scary things happening to her throughout the movie. Not fun stuff. And it's not exactly accurate to the real exorcism that it was based on, so I want to make sure that there's no real correlation outside of some of the framework of this exorcism that was taken and put, in, put into that movie. So... Annalise Elizabeth Michelle was born on September 21st, 1952 in Bavaria, West Germany to a Roman Catholic family. And she was born to her parents, Joseph and Anna Michelle. She was raised alongside three sisters and they were super religious. They attended mass twice a week and were commonly described as being extremely devout Catholics. And her child life was very much filled with with a lot of commitment to her religion. Based on what I read, her mother had actually had a child out of wedlock prior to her meeting Joseph. So Annalie's mother gave birth to an illegitimate daughter, Martha, and as a result, her mother suffered great shame, and she was forced to wear black veil on her wedding day with Joseph. When Anna was a child, her mom was kind of like outcast in their communities. And that, that was because she had that child out of wedlock. And I don't think it was Joseph's child. So Annalise's mother had a lot of sins to atone for. Annalise's mother encouraged her to atone for the sins of her mom's illegitimacy through devotion. So yeah, her mom literally said to her that you have to make up for my sins. <laughs> yeah, like, sorry, lady, you should make up for your own crap. Don't push that on your daughter. So Annalise's sister, Martha, died at the age of eight during an operation to remove a kidney tumor. This increased Anna's desire to do penance for her mother. So as Annalise grew up, she kind of continued to suffer for the sins of others. When she was a teenager, she slept on a stone floor to atone for the sins of wayward priests and drug addicts who could also be observed sleeping on the hard ground at the local train station. Annalise had some medical issues. When she was 16, she experienced a severe convulsion and was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. In June of 1970, Anna had a third seizure at the psychiatric hospital where she had been staying. She was prescribed anti-convulsion drugs for the first time, including Dilantin, which did not alleviate the problem. She began seeing devil faces at various times of the day. That same month, she was prescribed Aolept, and I apologize if I pronounced that wrong, which is similar to chloropazine, <laughs> and is usually used in the treatment of various psychoses including schizophrenia or disturbed behavior and delusions. When Anna went to college in West Germany's university, the University of Würzburg, she hung pictures of saints on her dorm room walls and kept holy water near the door and regularly prayed to the rosary. In college, Anna's classmates described her as withdrawn and very religious. So 
When she went to college, she started experiencing depression, and she hallucinated while praying and complained about hearing voices that were telling her, Anna, you're damned, and you're going to rot in hell. <laughs> Pretty creepy. That's freaky. So Michelle's treatment in a psychiatric hospital did not improve her health, and her depression actually got worse after. Long-term treatment also didn't help and she grew increasingly frustrated with the medical care that she was having. And at this point, she was taking medical drugs for five years. And, like, after a while, she also seemingly became intolerant of Christian sacred places and objects, like a crucifix. Obviously, everyone around her was, like, freaking out, like, oh, shit, what is going on? <laughs> like, this devout Catholic girl is now, first of all, having a lot of physical issues, but also she's extremely depressed and she can't do what she loves, which is, you know, be at church and, you know, show devotion. Anna visited San Demiano with a family friend who organized Christian pilgrimages. And when she was with that family friend, they were like, Oh, I think she might be possessed. Yeah, she's she definitely is possessed because they were going to walk past crucifix, but Anna was like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Weird. And then she also refused to drink the water at a Christian holy spring. And this is what he said. Anna told me, and Frohane confirmed this, that she was unable to enter the shrine. She approached it with the greatest hesitation, then said that the soil burned like fire, and she simply just could not stand in it. She then walked around the shrine in a wide arc and tried to approach it from the back. She looked at the people who were kneeling in the area surrounding the little garden, and it seemed to her while praying, they were gnashing their teeth. She got as far as the edge of the little garden, then she had to turn back. Coming from the front again, she had to avert her glance from the picture of Christ. She made it several times to the garden, but could not get past it. She also noted that she could no longer look at medals or pictures of saints. They sparkled so immensely that she could not stand it. And that was a quote from Father Ernst. Crazy and creepy, like someone who is so devout, just all of a sudden having an opposition where they used to feel, you know, comfort and joy. Michelle's family and the community just became super convinced that she was possessed. This is super weird of this girl. She was so devout. And they eventually consulted several priests to request an exorcism. They were denied and recommended the continuation of medical treatment and informed the family that exorcisms required the bishop's permission. In the Catholic Church, official approval of an exorcism was granted when the subject strictly meets the set criteria and is considered to be suffering from possession and under demonic control. Intense dislike for religious objects and supernatural powers are some of the first indications. So Anna just kept getting worse. And physically, she looked horrible. She looked sick. And she displayed a lot of aggression. She started to injure herself. She would drink her own urine, and also started to eat insects. In November of 1973, Anna began treatment with Tegretol, 
which is an anti-seizure drug and mood stabilizer. She was prescribed some antipsychotic drugs during the course of the religious rites and consumed them frequently. Despite taking these neuroleptic medications, Anna's symptoms just kept getting worse. She started to begin growling, seeing demons, and throwing things. So the priest, Father Ernst Alt, declared that Anna did not look like an epileptic, which I don't know how someone looks like an epileptic, but he said that he did not observe her experiencing seizures. Alt believed that she was suffering from a demonic possession and urged the local bishop to allow an exorcism. In a letter to Father Alt, in 1975, Anna wrote, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. And also once told him, I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel. So in September of 1975, Bishop Joseph Stungle, pronunciation, question mark, <laughs> granted Father Arnold Renz permission to perform an exorcism according to the Ritual Romanium, but ordered total secrecy. Renz performed the first session on September 24th of that same year. And Anna began increasingly speaking about dying to atone for wayward youth of the day and apostate priests of the modern church. Her parents stopped consulting doctors at her request and relied solely on exorcism rites. That's crazy. <laughs> I think, I like, I don't know what to discern here, but... Stopping medical practice, I feel like that wasn't good. I think it should have been, you know, a mixture, you know? You should have a little bit of, you know, medication, stuff like that, and do what your religion sees fit. But I wasn't there, so obviously my opinion doesn't matter. But after they stopped doing that, after they stopped, you know, medical consultations, there was a total of 67 exorcisms one or two each week, lasting up to four hours. They were performed over approximately 10 months in 1975 and 1976. So Anna believed that she was possessed by six demons in total. Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Adolf Hitler, Nero, and Fleischmann, which is a disgraced priest. All these spirits would jostle for power in her body. And they tried to communicate from her. They did it in a weird, creepy way that was like a low growl. And I'm going to play a little bit of that audio now just to give you guys kind of like a picture of that. Like I said, if you can't handle that kind of stuff, skip ahead. All right, so I think you guys get the point. So essentially what the priest was asking was, why is it that you despise these things? And she said, because it hurts us. It's a weapon, like essentially it's a weapon against us. And obviously there was a little bit less context in there like she was asking why this is all in a different language so it's not easy to understand when you're listening but there are some subtitles that were included in this audio still super creepy sounding and i don't know about you but it gave me a little bit of chills and i've heard this before mm -hmm. 
All right, Eerie Tribe, I'm so excited to talk about today's sponsor, Audible. Audible is, <laughs> I can honestly say that I use Audible on a daily level. I read a lot, but sometimes I don't have time to just read or maybe I'm, you know, hitting the hay and I need to put the book down and just listen for a little bit. New members can actually try Audible for free for 30 days using our link. As an Audible member, you can choose one title per month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. You can find some $50 audiobooks and get them super cheap by just having this Audible membership. There's so many Audible exclusives as well that you can only listen to on Audible. You'll discover exclusive Audible originals from top celebrities, renowned experts, and exciting new voices in audio, which I might be one of those soon. But for real, anything you're interested in, you can find it on Audible. There's so much on Audible that you can check out. If you visit audibletrial.com slash theeeriepod, you can get one free month and one free book that you get to keep forever. So check it out, guys. Strongly recommend it. I apologize for the dog barking in the background. All right. Eventually, towards the end of her life, Anna began to refuse food. Well, she stopped doing things to care for herself. When she stopped, and this was 10 months after the exorcisms began, because of the lack of care that she was giving herself, and because she wasn't eating, she wasn't taking care of herself in any way, really, she unfortunately passed away. On the autopsy report, it stated that the death was due to malnutrition, dehydration, resulting from almost a year in a state of near starvation while rites of exorcism were performed. She suffered broken knees from continuous kneeling when she was doing her prayer, and she was unable to move without assistance and was reported to have contracted pneumonia. So a lot of physical things going on. And... She passed away on July 1st, 1976. After her death, an investigation was started. A state prosecutor believed that Anna's death could have been prevented as late as one week before she died. In 1976, the state charged Anna's parents, the priests Ernest Alb and Arnold Renz, with negligent homicide. The parents were defended by famed... Nuremberg Trials, defense attorney Erich Schmidt-Leichner, and the priest's defense counsels were paid by the church. The state recommended that none of the involved parties be jailed. Instead, the recommended sentence for the priest was a fine, while the prosecution concluded that the parents should be exempt from punishments as they had suffered enough, which was a mitigating legal factor in German penal law. They were destined for a trial. This trial was set for March 30th, 1978 in the district court and drew a lot of interest. Like everyone was like, whoa, what's going on? This is something that doesn't typically happen. Like typically a priest and a family of a girl who just passed away would not be on trial for negligent homicide. This was like a rarity and it was something that was not seen before. So during this trial, doctors testified that Anna was not possessed, <laughs> stating that the manifestations of demonic possession were a psychological effect of her strict religious upbringing and as well as her epilepsy. Dr. Richard Roth, whom 
Alt had consulted for medical help allegedly told Anna during the exorcism that there is no injection against the devil. Schmidt Leitner argued that the exorcism was legal and that the German constitution protected citizens in the unrestricted exercise of their religious beliefs. The defense played tapes recorded at the exorcism sessions, sometimes featuring what was claimed to be demons arguing to assert their claim that Anna was possessed. Both priests claimed that the demons identified themselves as Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Iscariot, Belial, Legion, Hitler, and Nero, among others, I guess. They also stated that Anna was finally freed of demonic possession, resulting from the exorcism just before her death. So a lot going on in this trial. And there was a lot of argument on the side of the Michelle's family. Like they had believed that this was what was going on with their daughter. And they had been consulted by people they trust, the, you know, Catholic church. So they believed that this was what was going on. And they believed that their religion could save them. On the other hand, there was doctors that had significant medical evidence coming from all of Anna's history. So she had epilepsy. She had all of these physical things going on. And if these were treated properly and if Anna was given medical attention the way she should have, she would have been fine. <laughs> so the doctors did believe that things were not carried out the right way. There should have been doctors involved the whole time, but it looks like that was not the case. There's a lot of in-betweens. And I mean, I think for anyone who listens, anyone who's religious might, you know, go on the side of the parents. But I mean, anyone who's not religious might side with the doctors in the prosecution. I personally think there's a good in-between. I mean, I don't really believe in exorcisms i'm not gonna lie the like the thought of an exorcism and like a demon scares the shit out of me i won't lie but that's one of the reasons i love watching exorcism movies i just it's just not my thing so i do i think i would part i probably side on the more you know medical the medical science part but i mean i don't know what happened i wasn't there you guys heard the audio. It did sound real creepy and real scary. Like, maybe she was possessed, but I think she mostly died from malnourishment and not eating enough, and they should have gotten to her. her if she was that weak and thin, like being 68 pounds, you should probably take your daughter to the doctor. And this isn't me trying to shame any parents or anything like that. I just, I think there was a little bit of negligence here, and... Who knows? But anyway, let's get back to the trial part. Bishop Stengel said that he was not aware of Anna's alarming health condition when he approved of the exorcism, and he didn't testify in court. In April of 1978, Anna's family and the two priests were convicted of negligent homicide, but they were given suspended prison sentences and were ordered to share the costs of legal proceedings. The sentences have been described as stiffer than those requested by the prosecutor, who had asked that the priests only be fined and that the parents be found guilty but not punished. So by proving the ancient exorcism right, the church drew public and media attention. According to one of the authors of a book regarding this by John M. Duffy, the case was misidentified, like just a 
misidentification of mental illness. In the movie, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, this is where it's a little different, where in the movie, it's just the priest that's on trial, not the family. In this case, it was four people that were found guilty of negligent homicide. Anyway, after the trial, Anna's family asked that the authorities give permission so that they could exhume the remains of the daughter because she was buried in kind of a hurry. And because of that, she was put in a cheaper coffin and they didn't want that for their daughter. So almost two years after she was initially buried, on February 25th, 1978, her remains were replaced in a new oak coffin lined with tin. The official reports state that the body bore signs that were consistent with deterioration of a corpse of that age. The family and the priest were discouraged after viewing Anna's remains. Father Renz later stated that he had been prevented from entering the mortuary. Anna's gravesite remains a pilgrimage site for people. So after this, the number of officially sanctioned exorcism decreased in Germany following this whole ordeal, despite Pope Benedict's support for wider use of practice as compared to that of his predecessor, Pope John Paul II, who in 1999 tightened the rules to permit only rare cases for exorcisms. On June 6, 2013, a fire engulfed the house that Anna used to live in. Although the local police determined that it was a case of arson, some locals attribute that fire to the exorcism case. Like, oh shoot, the demons were still there. And yeah, they're, you know, starting house on fire. <laughs> a lot of this was creepy. And a lot of this is, I know this one comes off as, oh, okay, this girl's possessed because all this stuff happened. But so there's a few things that did not make sense. This was a sad one. I think this was just like a religious family that put a lot of faith in their religion, which is good. I applaud everyone for their religious beliefs, but I think that this exorcism in general was done incorrectly. Typically, you have to have a doctor or you should have a doctor at least with you and kind of supporting along the way or something, but they didn't and they stopped all of her medical treatments right before. So I think this was just definitely something that could have been avoided if they continued their religious beliefs and did what they needed to, but also continued the medical treatments so a lot of the medical conditions during the trial were explained. So the grand mal seizures that she was having could explain a lot of what looked to be demonic possession. So loss of consciousness, muscles suddenly contract and cause someone to fall down, which Anna was doing a lot. The muscles going through rhythmic contractions, alternatively flexing and relaxing. So the convulsions that look kind of like she's being inhabited. Some people with grand mal seizures also experience like a warning feeling, like a sense of unexplained dread and a strange smell or a feeling of numbness. Some people also cry out and scream at the beginning of a seizure because the muscles around your vocal cords seize, forcing air out, um, loss of bowel and bladder control. This happens during or even following seizures sometimes. And then there's also unresponsiveness after convulsions, like unconsciousness may persist for several minutes after the convulsions have ended. Confusion, obviously after a seizure, someone's going to feel disoriented and this is referred to as post confusion and then also fatigue. 
sleepiness is common after a seizure. Then severe headaches are also something that's very common. But they also believe that she probably had tuberculosis because she had weight loss, which also is malnourishment, fatigue, chest pains, night sweats, chills, loss of appetite, coughing that lasts three or more weeks. So a lot of things that were causing her pain and, you know, on top of seizures and stuff like that. Yeah, of course, it's going to be nightmarish and she's going to look like... <laughs> shit i mean no going around that she's going to look like crap she's extremely ill like i said i, I think just think this is a case of not utilizing doctors properly but who knows maybe there is demons out there maybe people have been possessed we don't know i mean if i saw like a video of someone levitating during a exorcism i might be more inclined to be be believing it but in this case i think it's just simply medical conditions all right, guys, so what did you think of this? Did you like this kind of thing or did you hate it? <laughs> Let me know. I definitely want to do something like this again. Maybe even dig more into creepy things that have happened during exorcism that can't be explained. That would be awesome. But let me know. I'm trying to feel out some of these other things that I haven't done before and get your opinion on them. So I know what to keep going doing and what to not do again but i appreciate all the great feedback and it's been interesting doing this by myself if you guys could leave a review on apple podcasts audible or even spotify there's a star button right at the top if you want to leave me five stars or however many stars that you prefer to leave but definitely give me some feedback I definitely appreciate it if there's something you want to see too come next let me know I am definitely down to try some new things. So send me your recommendations. Our email is info at the eeriepodcast.com. Make sure to follow us on social. Social. <laughs> Make sure to follow us on social media. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are all the eerie podcast. So twitter.com slash the eerie podcast, facebook.com, instagram.com, you know the thing. The thing. Next week, we will be touching on some more creepy stuff. So we are going to talk a little bit about the Salem witch trials. Oh, my dog was barking outside. I apologize. And going to go into the history of that and go into the history of what kind of happened there. Because it's kind of like true crime, but it's also a little spooky and creepy. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun time, guys. I love talking about witches. I don't know how to end this. I appreciate you guys. Why am I saying? I don't know. But we're doing it. It's late. It's fun. Why not? But yeah, we will see you next time. Next Sunday, you guys. I'm so excited for spooky season. Maybe I'll throw in an extra episode one week. Who knows? I'm not promising. But <laughs> because things are crazy right now. But just saying, I might. All right, you guys have an amazing week. And thank you for listening to the Eerie Podcast. Keep it eerie. Bye.